Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We have been walking through the book of 2 Corinthians, this letter that Paul wrote uh, to the Christians in Corinth, and uh, talking about our senses and our soul today is the last of our senses. It's taste. And I'll show you how that comes into play. Our theme verse has been 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, where Paul said, Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul replies and says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. What we've been noticing over the last few weeks is is that uh, we are weak, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, sometimes we, we are so focused on us being stronger and growing in strength and, and who I need to be and, and all about me that we don't realize that actually being weak and relying on the Lord is a better, stronger position because then we're tapping into the power of Christ, which is so much greater than who we are. It's okay to be frail, it's okay to be weak, it's okay to have things that don't measure up and are not, you know, that, that we are flawed. It's okay to be flawed. He loves us and he wants to empower us. So let me, let me tell you what's going on as we get into chapters 10 and 11 of 2 Corinthians. Uh, Paul is having to defend himself. One of the things that's happened over the course of time is that some people had come in and were accusing Paul of some things. In, in other words, sometimes rather than fight the message, it's easier to fight the messenger. And so they were saying that he was a false apostle. He wasn't really an apostle. And that he was driven by false motives. Like he's just after, you know, becoming famous. He's just after money. He's just after, they were telling, you know, saying some stuff like that about him. And, and part of the problem, it appears in the letter as Paul's addressing it to them, is that some of these who are saying this are eloquent speakers. Like they're really good at standing in front of a group of people and in capturing their attention. And Paul was not great at that. He was a very good teacher. But, you know, there, there is a story in Acts where a guy fell asleep and fell out of a window during the service. And I just want to say factually that this, uh, this morning uh, there was a young lady who fell asleep during the sermon. I'm just going to say that. And here's what's funny. What's funny is I went to see uh, one of their games this week and I was going to speak to her about the game. So after the service was over, I saw them coming down out of the balcony, and I looked at her, and I said, come here. And she thought I was going to get on to her for falling asleep. Her mom's going, he got you, he got you. I did not know that. I was just going to say something to her about the game this week. But anyway, then she told on herself. She goes, I'm sorry I fell asleep. I said, you fell asleep? And it was like, oh, you know. So I understand that Paul's saying, like, Paul was just a teacher, and uh, he taught really in-depth stuff, you know, but it was true, but he wasn't an eloquent speaker. And so he knew that. So, so imagine, I mean, we're all 
susceptible to this. You're listening to two truths. Maybe they're just a little bit different. But enough different that this one that sounds like the truth is not. It's not. In fact, it's leading you the wrong direction. But it's packaged in a way that looks and sounds terrific. And so the people of Corinth were falling for that. And Paul was going, you're like, he said, here's what it's like. In chapter 11, he equated it to this. He said, you're like a woman who's engaged to a man. You're dating someone and you're beholden to him. But some slick-talking dude comes along and he's trying to seduce you away from the one you're promised to. He said, that's what this is like. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a relationship and a devotion to Christ. And there are the world. And Satan is packaging some alternatives and giving them to you. And they look really great. And they even sound great. And they're not like, you know, Satan's not like, down some dark alley going come in here you know we're like i'm not no he he makes it really sound and look great he may even dress it up as in a religious tone and he does this and he goes here's the right here's the thing and 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 so paul is trying to help us in an area i'll call it it's an area of making decisions What do I believe? What do I think? What am I going to do? And uh, and, and in chapter 11, verse 3, uh, which is on the screen, he says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So he mentions Eve, and that's why our sense of our five senses today is about taste. Because what? What was used to pull Eve away from the truth? Some fruit, right? Some beautiful looking fruit. So God, if we go back to Genesis, God had put a barrier up. He was saying, I'm giving you freedom. You can have any fruit from any tree in the whole, like you can have whatever you want. But this is off limits. This one thing is off limits. And, uh, you know, I struggle with the off-limit thing. If I'm, if I'm, let's say I'm in a building, and I'm somewhere I haven't been, and I'm in the building, and there's a sign on a door, and it says, do not enter, staff only, employees only, okay? I want to know what's behind that door. Who else is with me, and you want to know what's behind that door. I just want to see who's with, thank you. I just want to see who the people are so that I can tell security to watch. And, and I don't know, my wife, she's not like that. She looks and says, like, there's a reason we're not supposed to do that, you know. And then she says, Jim, quit opening that door, right? Because <laughs> I'm looking. All right, I, so I get Eve. I understand that when God says this is off limits, that she was interested in what it was, that she wanted to check it out, okay? Now, here's the difference. Part of the thing is when 
when I'm just reading a sign on a door that says off limits, I don't know who put the sign there, why they put the sign there, you know, whatever. <coughs> so even if I don't know why, if someone that I really, really trust gives me a barrier, it makes a difference. So imagine someone I really, really trust says to me, but you can't say this to anyone. All right? I can accept that from that person. If I really, really trust them, like there's a reason, and I, don't may, I may not know the reason, but I trust this person, I'll do it. Or this person says, whatever you do, don't do that. And I go like, okay, I don't do that because they said and they know and I trust them. So when God says this is out of bounds, really what he's basing it off of, our obedience is not necessarily based off our full understanding and why. Okay? I, know, I get it. I'm a why person. Why God? Why can't I? Why can't I have that fruit? What does it matter? What's the big deal? And I'd like to know all those answers. But a lot of times we don't get all those answers and, and our obedience is based off of do I trust the one who's telling me this is out of bounds? Well, we're talking about God here. We're talking about the Lord. And he says, don't go this direction. Don't trust that situation. Don't trust that person. Don't go that path. Don't think that way. Whatever he's telling you, it's like, do I trust him? And even if I don't understand why, I will, I will obey. So, all of, so this battle that we're fighting, that, that Eve was fighting, is based off of things that are going on in her mind and heart, and then Satan is over there arguing against what God is saying. So if you look back at, um, at Genesis, it said the food tasted good. He questioned God. He said, did he really say that's the first thing he did. Did he really say that? He questioned what God said. That's a great tactic. You know, God said we can't, we can't have that. Did he really say that? Are you sure that's what he meant? So think about how society today or something will take something and, and here we are and we're, and, and we're dealing with maybe a moral thing. And, and they'll package this deal. So did the, is this really out of bounds? Is this really wrong? Should you really not do this? And package it that way. The second thing that Satan did was he actually denied what God said. God said, I've set you up. This is, this is perfection. And there's only one rule. And you're going to live forever. But if you eat that fruit, you're going to die. And Satan said... You're not going to die. Now here's the thing. He wasn't lying. He just was twisting the truth. Because did they eat the fruit, grab their throat, and drop dead? Because it was poisonous. No, they didn't. So he wasn't technically lying if we're defining that you won't die by the fact that i mean you won't be poisoned and fall dead in 10 seconds you won't die he's not gonna kill you he's not gonna do that god loves you he wouldn't 
let you go to hell. He wouldn't do that to you. He wouldn't, he wouldn't punish you. He wouldn't, like, whatever the, the thing is, right? The truth is, yeah, you are going to die. It's not going to be right now, but you are going to die. So he just took the truth, twisted it, and said, you won't die. So first he packaged it. Look how beautiful. Did he really say? Secondly, you won't die. Thirdly, then... He appealed to this area. If that looks so good, and I think it's going to taste good, and God won't let me have it, then is God trying to keep something from me that's good? In other words, is God, does he have some bad motive? And that's what Satan argued next. God is trying to keep you down. You see, there's some secret sauce in that fruit, and if you eat that fruit, your mind is going to be opened up. You'll be enlightened. And you're going to see the truth. You know, maybe the fruit was mushrooms. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> your mind's going to be opened up. You're going to be enlightened. You're going to see the truth. You're going to be above. These people who are held down by God and His rules and stuff like that they don't get it they're they're not enlightened we're enlightened we know better we understand better what it means to be you know human and to be and your mind is going to be opened up they're not very bright who just follow along with whatever god says they need a god because they're weak and so Satan made all these appeals. He makes the same appeals today. So, and, and so, so here Paul is, and he's writing to these Christians, and he reminds them about Eve, because he says, here's what's going on. I've taught you the truth. There's parts of that truth that you don't like, okay? There's parts of the truth that are difficult. Sometimes God says, don't do that. Sometimes God says, you're thinking wrong. Right? You're making a bad decision here. That's not the route. And Satan's over here going like, hey, doesn't this look right? Doesn't this look great? In chapter 10, he's already told us, Paul has said, it's a spiritual battle. Let's read a few verses here. Verse 2, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as, as, as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. I'm here, I'm in the world, but the battle I'm fighting, it's not with knives and sticks and guns. The battle that I'm fighting is in my heart and in my head. It's things I want and desire and the way I'm thinking. And I fight this battle every day. And it's a tough battle. It's a tough battle. And it's bad enough with what other people are doing or whatever. It's my own things, right? What I want and what I'm thinking. And I'm fighting this battle. The good news is in verse 4 he says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So again, our theme verse is I'm weak, he's strong. So right here, again, he's saying, I'm fighting a battle, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to lose this battle as much or more than I win this battle. 
Because sometimes I think the wrong things. Sometimes I am, look, sometimes I, I hear a lie. I know it's a lie. I'm not believing that. But sometimes lies get me. Right? They get me. It sounds good. I want it to be true. Or sometimes it's a different kind of lie. I want it to be bad. I want it to be whatever. They did what? They said what really, right? And I kind of enjoy being a little bit, you know, whatever. And I buy in and I grab hold of and my heart's not right and my thinking's not right and boom, I just steer away. It is so easy to do. And sometimes what's in my head, it's from me. It's not even from anybody else. It's me telling myself the wrong thing. I'm thinking poorly, right? And my problem is, I'm so weak, I'll buy in, and I will blow it. But Paul said, it's okay that I'm weak, because he is strong, and his power can rest on me. And here in chapter 10, he says, the weapons we fight with aren't weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? like a fortress there are places within each one of our lives within our heart or our head that satan has his own private little spot and he has it he has a fortress built up right there and we tend to go you know to that bad place all the time i don't know what it is for you it's some angry place it's some bitter place it's some temptation. It's that place we fall to so easily because we've just been sucked in there over and over and over again. And he's got it. It's a certain place. It's a certain people. It's a certain thing. And he's got us. And you just know in your heart you're a lazy person. Or you know in your heart you manipulate a situation for yourself. You know in your heart you want things you shouldn't want. Whatever it is. And it's a stronghold. And you're like, I'll never win this battle. I've tried. I've fought. I've, I've, but I will never win this battle. And Paul is saying, it's all right. We know you're not strong enough. We wage this war with weapons that are filled with divine power. And that, that divine power has the power to demolish a stronghold in your life. You're going to be okay. You can fight this battle. He says... In verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have a battle for our minds and our thoughts and our attitudes. We're thinking the wrong way. You're just like me. You think thoughts just like me. And sometimes your thoughts are off. Sometimes they're wicked and evil. I'd like to just punch that gut, you know. Sometimes they're detrimental to yourself. You are, you are saying things about yourself that are wrong, that are lies. Sometimes it's on the negative side. I'm just worthless. I can't do anything right. Sometimes it's on the positive side. I want what I want, and I'm going to have it. I don't care. Right? You, you tell yourself stuff. And you're off track in your argument. Now, I, I know you're like me. I can't help it. That thought just, there it is. 
And I love the fact that Paul doesn't say, he doesn't say, don't think that. You are evil and wrong for thinking that. He says, no, 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 no. He says, the thought comes and then you take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You take that thought and you go, no, sir. <laughs> right? Do you ever talk back to yourself? Yes, you do. We talk to ourselves all the time. We do. And some of that, you, you have to talk to yourself to get yourself straight. Don't you do that? Sometimes we do it out loud. And that might be scary for people around us, but it's okay. Especially if you're mumbling. Look, if you talk to yourself, do it out loud, proud. When you're mumbling is when you scare people. You're over there and we're going, oh my gosh, you know. But there are times I literally stop and I'll say things like, Jim, slow down. It's okay. God says this. That's not right. And sometimes I say it out loud because I need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I need to hear it because what's in my head is wrong. And here's what we're doing. We're taking a thought. And we are putting handcuffs on it. And we are locking it in that jail. And if we have to, we're putting it in isolation. And we're going to make that thought captive and obedient to Christ. I'm not sinful because a thought popped in my head. I'm, I'm sinful when I let that thought take charge. And I end up making bad decisions. And I'm saying the wrong things. I'm thinking the wrong things. Even if I don't say the wrong thing, the attitude in my heart is off. And I'm separated from the Lord and I'm not in my right place. And he said, Les, you have the power inside of you. It's not you. It's his power. And his power is strong enough to even demolish the strongholds. It can take the thought and, and you can take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. And I understand the battle's tough. Let's look back at Eve's battle, okay? The first part of the battle was, it looks good. It looks good, right? Uh, in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, uh, Paul said, I'm not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Like, Satan's smart. Satan's, he's not down a dark alley. Come back here. You know, you're like, I'm not doing that. He's standing there. He might even dress up. Listen, he might, it might look like church. It might look like religion. It might look like the most positive thing in the world. He dresses up as an angel of light and then tells you a lie and pulls you aside. He says, I want you to know it looks good. It looks right. And then, how does it make me feel? How does it taste? How does it make me feel? We lust after things. We chase after things that make us feel good. That we think they're going to make us feel good. And we make so many bad decisions in this area. Because we want something. And if we want it, we'll grab hold of it. And we'll trust it. And we don't think. We have a, a higher brain and a lower brain, and we need both of them. The lower brain is the thing that scares you and says, run. 
okay? Like, take off, like that kind of stuff. Your lower brain is the thing that says you're hungry, you need to eat something, okay? But your lower brain can also lie to you. It can make you scared when you have no reason to be scared. It can make you want something when logic tells you it is not what you need to do. You cannot divorce your lower brain from your higher brain. And a lot of times we do, and we make terrible decisions. Your higher brain says, this is what's true. This is what's right. I think I have a little video to show you a lower brain making a decision instead of a higher brain. Do we have that? Let's see what happens with that. Either have $10,000 cash or, wait a minute, this two out-of-the-box Oreo cookies. Huh? Are you sure? That's $10,000 cash. Do you want the Oreo cookies? Are you sure? Okay. Okay. I tried to find a video. Apparently there's some game show that's on, and it's about little kids and stuff, and at the end of the game show they let a toddler choose. It's called the Tot's Choice or something like that, and I couldn't find a great video. I watched some, but it wasn't a quality video. And they are like, okay, for your family, y'all can have this brand new car, and they'll show the car and all the stuff, or, and it's like a little kid's car. And every time, the little kid, you can do whichever one you want. You just go touch it. And the little kid will go touch the little $200 car. And his family goes, oh, you know. Well, you know, but the little kid, the Oreo, hey, it's Oreo cookie. He doesn't know what $10,000 will buy. He doesn't know. But unfortunately, this is how we operate sometimes. And we'll make, see, what that kid just did is he's, he's choosing the immediate satisfaction instead of a long-term thing that's way more valuable. And that's really the heart of, of what our choices boil, boil down to a lot of times. Is there's this eternal truth and then there's an immediate payback. And the immediate payback will punch somebody in the face. Immediate payback will say that sarcastic, harsh comment. The immediate payback will just eat the Oreo cookies. It'll do the thing that we want, even when God is saying, don't go that route. Because Satan is over there going, of course that's what you want. I actually noticed in the video that the person said, here's $10,000, or here's fresh out of the box too and 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 kept their hand over here for the oreo cookie right like there's always this subtle thing that satan does that goes don't you want this why wouldn't you want it you know it tastes good and so the problem is that we're in this position where the final thing that Satan offered is, it's going to empower you. It's going to give you, it's going to put you in the best position. It's going to give you prestige. I think that next slide shows it. It's going to empower me. It's going to strengthen me. It's going to make me like God. And I know you're not sitting there to make me like God, but it's going to give me what I want. I'm going to have more control if I do this. 
If I, I know it's, I know I shouldn't lie, but if I do it this way, then it's going to make this happen the way I need it to happen. So it's okay in this situation to do this thing because it's creating what I need to create. And Satan goes, yeah, that's exactly right. And God's going, no. But we fall for it. We convince ourselves, no, it's okay. And we're making terrible choices. Take every thought captive so that we can be obedient to Christ. Don't pull away from the Lord. He loves you. And He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you for your sins. His forgiveness has been bought with His precious blood. That's what the song's going to say that we're about to sing. Your forgiveness has been bought with Jesus' precious blood. He loves you. But there's a path that He wants to lead you on. And over and over throughout the day, Here's what Satan does. He, he's, he's ingenious. First he goes, say it. You should say it. And then you say it. And then he goes, you're a terrible person for saying that. That's what Satan does. He drags you down the pathway and then chastises you for being on the pathway. Because he wants to destroy you. The Lord wants to give you freedom. Will you trust Him? He's the one that's saying, don't enter that door. Follow me. Will you trust Him? There's somebody in here today that you're making decisions on the daily. Some of you, somebody in here is making a big decision right now. You're dealing with an issue right now. Will you, will you trust God? There's somebody in here, it's the everyday thing. And you keep messing it up over and over again. Will you trust the power of God to destroy that, demolish that stronghold? And trust the Lord? And choose the true light? And not the one dressing up as one? Let's trust Him. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I pray that we'll trust you, who you are which way you're leading us. Help us to see the truth and help us not to succumb to the, the cheap tricks, the cheap choices in life that to keep, keep our heart on eternal things and who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.